when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello there, and welcome to the Times Business Podcast, where we look ahead to events that will be moving markets in the coming days. I'm Robert Miller. This week, we'll be taking the temperature on Wall Street, finding out what's the thinking about Brexit in the corridors of the European Commission, and finally, why Apple might be adding this to its list of ringtone options. I'm joined by an international cast list today. James Dean, the Times US business editor, is on the line from New York. Bruno Waterfield joins us from Brussels. And in the studio keeping me company is Alexandra Freen, Times business columnist. Welcome to you all. Uh, James, let's cross over to you first. I, I suppose I should start by asking you how you're finding life in New York now, and particularly what's your first impression of the financial world over there? Financial world, fueled by caffeine in the mornings, early start, obviously, lots of bustle down on Wall Street, and then lots of cocktails in the evening and possibly even more cocktails at the moment considering what Janet Yellen did uh, with the recent Fed decision and sorry the rest of the committee did with the Fed decision on interest rates so stocks are doing well everything seems to be going well uh, I can imagine there's going to be a few Manhattans sunk on Wall Street tonight perhaps. Well, funny you should mention Janet Yellen. I was going to say, we've got a clip here uh, of the chairwoman of the Federal Reserve. What she had to say after that decision about monitoring pitfalls in the financial world. We are worried that bubbles could form in the economy and we routinely monitor um, asset valuations. While nobody can know for sure what type of valuation represents a bubble, uh, that's only something one can tell in hindsight. Well, James, uh, looking back with hindsight and also looking forward, we've got some revision to the GDP numbers. But looking as they do at the data as it comes out, what's your view? It was a softy, softy approach. It's like, let's not make a decision now. Let's wait until we know more, which is pretty much what they've been saying all year. I mean, uh, mean, even in December, I think they were signalling three rate rises this year. There has been none so far. There may be one later this year, although some people are saying, well, this, if this approach continues, we might have to wait until 2017. But a rate rise in December is certainly the most uh, realistic uh, option, I think, in, even though there might be one possibly in November, as Janet Yellen signalled yesterday. Yeah, there was a slight cut to GDP to 1.8% this year, but it remained unchanged for the future. So it wasn't a, wasn't a huge amount, and that was just down to weaker than expected growth in the first half of this year. 
it was very much an expected decision, but perhaps there were more dissenters than some people were realising. Three uh, three members dissented to the decision saying that rates should have risen uh, yesterday. But yes, all eyes on December now, I think. I think it's interesting, the language that they use. We, we call it Fed speak. It is very arcane. And every month when Janet Yellen comes out, she uses that word, we're going to monitor developments. And just tried, I try to imagine what they'd be like if we used that in our everyday lives you know say your partner was asking you what what you wanted to do for date night and you said well I'm going to monitor my mood and I'm going to monitor the weather and I'm going to base my decision on incoming data and I'll let you know later that's exactly what she does as you say a softly softly approach but it is well she's covering herself the whole time is what what it is and and, you know although they've said very clearly in the in this statement that they're going to monitor the situation this could all be blown out of the water if if there's a trump victory in the election um because that's gonna that's gonna really affect markets and everything they, they're saying now could be worthless i was going to say one of the interesting points i i thought to james in the, in the conference that, that that you were seeing that janet yellen made a very clear point about almost this angrily denying the fact that they allowed politics to interfere with it, that the presidential election did not come into their discussions, nor would it, and that in five years' time, we would see this to be true when they released the transcripts. I mean, did, did Wall Street believe that they didn't even mention the election in their discussions? It's hard to believe that privately they don't talk about it because it would be stupid if they didn't. <laughs> they're, the, they're the central bank in the biggest economy of the world, so uh, a lot depends on their decisions. In terms of what might happen in the future, obviously we'll have to wait for the elections, uh, the election result in November. But there's a few economists who are saying, yes, I mean, a Trump victory will, uh, you know, cause problems initially. You know, you kind of say it's a Brexit-style warning about change, but. I think in time, a few of them are quite positive about him, which might surprise some people. So I think in the kind of longer term, stretching out maybe a year and a half after the election, they're actually quite positive on what Trump could mean for the US economy. Bruno, if I could bring you in from Brussels here, of course, the European Central Bank interest rates are heading in the other direction, possibly with even more cuts if that's likely. I mean, just on the political point, Bruno, it must be very difficult if you've got so many members of of the single currency zone to be taking into the politics of all that. So presumably they do much more straightforward monetary policy decisions, don't they? Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, I think (laughs) think what what the European Central Bank really illustrates is how no one else is doing economics. No one else is. There aren't really really sort of national or or, or, or government-level um, economic thinking. That the, the, the ha- everything is in the hands, bazookas, interest rates, whole lot is in the hands of, of Mario Draghi and uh, the ECB. And it always seems to be just very much a, a holding pattern. The ECB will sometimes react to events. The ECB will warn of all the downside risks. But all their sort of monetary uh, measures really do seem to be a holding operation. And I guess the question posed by the presidential elections, Brexit, um, and some of the underlying problems um, within the Eurozone is when are people going to start talking about what we need to do to fix the economy, which everywhere is not performing as well as it should be. Talking slightly wider now, the, there are, of course, uh, on, ongoing talks about uh, trade deals between uh, Brussels or the European Union and, and, and America. First of all, Bruno, how do you think they're going for, from your end in Brussels? Well, they're going very, very badly. And in fact, trade ministers uh, meet tomorrow in Bratislava on Friday to discuss whether the talks with America can go on um, at all. The French have basically said the talks 
um, are dead. There's a big popular backlash um, against them in Germany because of a spectre of delights like chlorinated chicken from America. So the, 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 the talks are in really, really big trouble, um, and that's going to dismay a lot of people in uh, German industry who are, who are counting on, on, on that deal to give the, 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 the German export economy um, a shot um, in the arm. And it really raises some big questions um, about economic thinking um, in Europe and beyond, which is why these trade deals so unpopular. The, the, the deal with America could create GDP growth that's worth um, about 5,000 euros for each European um, household, but a lot of voters just don't trust um, these deals. They, they feel and they think that these deals are going to leave them worse off. So we may well hear tomorrow that the U.S. trade talks are effectively dead and Europe will concentrate on implementing an already negotiated but much smaller in economic impact terms agreement with Canada. Alex, if I could just ask you first, because you covered when you were in, in, in the US where James is so many of these, the, the, the early preliminary talks to get to this stage, does America really care what sort of deal they get or are they just so big? I mean, they consume 75, 80% of what they make. It depends who you talk to. I think Barack Obama will be devastated. That, you know, he was hoping this would be part of his legacy, these, these huge uh, trade deals that would bring the world together. And he's not going to get that. The Obama administration will be very sad about it. But the two candidates, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, have both been very antipathetic towards these big trade deals. So they'll be delighted. Do you find, looking at the coverage, James, over in New York, that these sort of deals dominate the headlines? Or are you finding it's more about the domestic things, what, what happens in Paris, Texas? There's a kind of intrigue about Brexit, but there's, uh, there aren't any headlines to suggest that anything's going on, at least... Uh, publicly or at least leaks from private conversations it's it's very quiet i mean obviously barack obama said britain is at the back of the queue when it comes to negotiate, negotiating a new deal and he and his he and his aides seem to have stuck to their guns on that what about bruno in in, in brussels i suppose we have to the, the james did there raise the brexit issue uh, we've seen several warnings recently that really britain must crack on with it is that the sense you're getting I think it is. I mean, everyone wants um, everyone wants to know what's uh, going on, and uh, Theresa May is effectively kicking the can um, uh, down the track, down the road, which is, of course, what the eurozone um, do. Perhaps it's the truly European way of doing things is not to take a decision um, on something. But I think there's a there's a growing uh, awareness um, that um, the longer one postpones these kind of talks or decision the harder some of the, the sort of landings or crash landings could be. And, and whilst Brexit, in one sense, hasn't, apart from a bit of uncertainty, hasn't created any new um, economic problems, there is a high sense of awareness, both on the European side and I think the British side, that there are some underlying um, problems in the British and European um, economies that could be um, tipped or tilted by Brexit when it finally happens. I think there's a really key point here and that British ministers really need to get their skates on. There are sectors of the British economy that are going to really suffer un unless there is more clarity and in particular the tech sector. We're trying to promote London as a hub for 
technology and for tech startups. Um, so many developers, so many of the people that found startups in, the, in London come from overseas, they come from Europe and outside of Europe, and they are now just deciding not to hire staff in London or not even to come to London in the first place because of the uncertainty. And we could lose some of the advantage we've got with our tech centre to places like Berlin and Dublin unless ministers just you know maybe they need to carve out certain sectors and do deals for them first and quickly and create some kind of tech visa or something but they can't let this just drift like this it will really harm certain parts of the economy i think alex is absolutely right and a lot of the, the concerns that tech companies have in london is over um passporting and getting in staff from abroad because they rely so heavily on getting in staff from the rest of the EU. So if there's any uncertainty as to their position as to whether they can remain in the country, whether they can move around the EU, that's a big problem for these small tech firms. I do think as well that, that Britain's got to actually confront some rather inconvenient truths, which is basically the British economy isn't a great uh, performer. It's actually quite a mediocre uh, performer. Um, and Brexit really brings to the fore um, the need to uh, tackle issues such as Britain's huge and deepening productivity gap. All right. Well, thank you all. Just sit tight. We're going to take a short break. But when we return, we'll be talking more tech and looking to the future. The Times Business Podcast is sponsored by Vodafone's Ready Business Britain. 2016 has been branded the year of the SME. This is your year. Time for your business to stand out. Are you ready? Vodafone's Ready Business Britain, in association with The Times and Sunday Times, has all the advice, insights and analysis your business needs to make this your year. Get ready. Visit readybusinessbritain.co.uk. Welcome back. Oh, the big story, or one of the big stories that James Dean has been looking at is the rumour or possible fact that Apple and McLaren, part of the Formula One group, have been having talks about talks about... Well, let's find out. James, what is exactly the latest in all this, these stories? Um, it's, a, it's a funny one. I mean, essentially, Apple wants to, or at least at some point, were trying to develop a self-driving electric car, although they never admitted to the fact, but it was quite hard to disguise the fact when they started hiring lots of self-driving electric car experts from other companies. The actual status of that program, we don't really know much about it. They've actually got rid of a few people. They seem to be rejigging it a bit. Uh, we're not quite sure what they're focusing on, but that's classic Apple uh, smoke and mirrors. So what happened yesterday is that uh, when news of these talks broke, McLaren came out almost straight away and said that we are not in discussion with Apple about the potential investment. But, and here is the but, we regularly have confidential conversations with a wide range of parties. So what they're either saying is, no, they never approached us and we have never spoken to them, or they're saying that they might have approached us, uh, but we're not going to tell you, or what even they might be, um, what they might be saying is, well, you know, Apple might have spoken to us, but even if they didn't, if we say that they did, it makes us look good because they're the world's biggest company and uh, we kind of like them. Well, smoke and mirrors, that's something that you're used to over there in Brussels, <laughs> I'd have thought, Bruno, but... We mentioned Apple there, but a lot of big American companies, for example, the tech giant there, it had a, a huge tax bill from Ireland. There seem to be a number of disputes in which American companies, Apple, Starbucks, Google, are all in the sights of the European Commission for various reasons. America, James will probably tell us in a minute, is, it, it thinks this is unfair. But frankly, what's, what's the view in Brussels? Are they being unfair or do they think they're on some crusade? 
I think they're on a crusade. I think the, the crusade on, on, on low tax rates they see as, as being uh, a very popular, even populist, with sort of Lux leaks and the latest sort of revelations uh, splashed across the pages of, of, of newspapers uh, uh, like The Guardian. But I, I think with, with Apple, they may have gone a, a little bit too far in the sense that everyone expected the amount of cash that we were talking about with Apple and Ireland to be about 1.3 billion euros. It turned out to be 13 billion euros. That's, that, that, that decision has a huge impact, not just on Apple, but on Ireland. The whole of the Ireland's economic model is, is now under question. The backlash in Ireland, where, where the EU is quite popular, um, is considerable. Who is going to pay this bill? Will it be Apple? Or will it, um, in fact, be the American uh, taxpayer because of the taxation treaties and transfer pricing agreements does the commission really want to tear up all the transfer pricing agreements which is how the tax bills um, are settled for all of the big corporates um, non-european corporates that are operating in europe so again i think with with apple a huge can of worms um, has been opened the commission is on a, a crusade and, and maybe maybe because it's on that crusade maybe because it, it, it in a place where they're not usually very popular they sense that there might be a bit of popularity here. Maybe they have gone a little bit um, too far. And then again, of course, in the background, simmering away, um, we have the action uh, against Google on, on, on two fronts, the action against uh, Google for its uh, search engine and ad rankings, um, and another uh, action which has been kicked into the long grass for a couple of weeks um, on, on Google's Android uh, program and whether that excludes um, other apps and other services providers and it does raise a question in terms of the amounts of money that are being talked about whether the commission has got a sort of anti-american uh, bee um, in its bonnet and that has implications for everybody i think also a point to make is that in the united states the ruling on apple and their tax in ireland was seen as very unfair but a large amount of that was because um, the american tax authorities want that money for themselves they don't want it to go to ireland so they're a bit miffed that the European Commission took action to get their hands on that money before they did. They have been in a position to try and do something about clawing back some of the huge amounts of cash that these American companies are storing overseas, and they just didn't get their act together. So they've sort of been beaten to the post by the European Commission, and, and their noses have been put out of joint. But it feeds in also to the McLaren story, because Apple has got just so much cash. It's just sitting there, and it, it needs to spend it. So it could easily throw a billion dollars here there on, on some to pick up some interesting technology and still have um, a huge surplus so you know whether they bought McLaren or not probably wouldn't be help them in their goal to become a mass producer of cars because McLaren doesn't do that but they might get some little interesting bits of technology but it, it just is another sign of, of how cash rich they are because they've been keeping all this money overseas and not bringing it back to America where they would have to pay tax on it. James, do you get a sense over there in Wall Street, do you get any sense of protectionism or isolation so far? I know it's early days. Oh, absolutely. I mean, but it's nothing less than you'd expect. You know, your, your nation's biggest company is being rolled over the coals on tax, tax that you may not get because it might be uh, sucked into Europe rather than the US. Of course, they're going to be protectionist about it. I mean, because it also sets a precedent for other companies that do this. I mean, Apple is obviously, as we know, not the only company that shifts profits and puts money abroad in this way. This is a classic uh, scheme. Big technology companies do it. Other American companies do it. So, yes, they need to be bullish about this because it, ultimately they want the money here for themselves. All right. Well, 
There's a lot to take in there. Thank you all very much indeed. And that's it for now. But remember, you can keep up to date with all the events we've covered and uh, as they are breaking news and analysis online via your tablets and mobiles. And of course, don't forget the paper too. If you're a Times subscriber, take the opportunity to sign up to our daily morning and lunchtime emails. And if you don't have a subscription, just go to thetimes.co.uk where there's a £1 offer. If you want to hear us weekly, do subscribe through iTunes. And my thanks to Bruno Waterfield in Brussels, James Dean in New York, and Alex Freen. Remember, they're on Twitter, so please do follow them. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.